So many of you would know our, our oldest daughter got married this, uh, this summer, August 14th, and this is a picture of Abigail and Keegan, and um, uh, Keegan Milliken, and um, uh, it, it was a really nice day. They got married out on, on Campbell Lake, and uh, I got to perform the, the ceremony. It was a nice day, and um, you know, as I, as I look, at, look at them, I, they look good there, and I, I think he, uh, he better treat her right, because he could never do that good again. Um, I hope he hears this someday. Uh, <laughs> I'm teasing. I love Keegan. I, I love the boy. He's a good boy. But, um, but imagine, he's not a boy. Um, he just, you know, you all know, right? When your kids get married, they're, they're boys to you. They're still kids, but they're, they're not. Anyways, um, but imagine, you know, if on that day that, that when they got married, if, uh, you know, and they, they stood before each other and they wrote their own vows, and, uh, and they were nice. But imagine if, if when they stood there before each other and they, they read their vows to one another, if, if one of them, you know, if Keegan said to Abigail, he's like, okay, well, honey, here's, here's the vows I've written, and he reads them to her. And he says, here are my thoughts, here's what I think and what I feel and what I'm committed to with you. And, and now that we're married, um, I, I won't say it ever again. I won't, you know, I'm, I'm all done. I, now that you, I've said it, you won't hear from me again. These, this is what I've committed to. I haven't covered everything in, in my vows, you know, but I, I did tell you that I loved you and that I'm committed to you. And, and, and so while I haven't covered everything that life's going to throw at us, you know, I, I, I've said these things, so just trust me and, um, and everything will be all right. I did tell you I, I loved you, so, you know, there's that. Just, just be comfortable and rest in that. Whatever you, and, you know, Abby, if you need specific encouragement or if you have a decision to make and you're not sure, well, you know what, That's, you'll just have to figure it out and hope you get it right because I'm all done. I've told you my commitment. Imagine that. That would feel absurd, wouldn't it? Right, of course it would. And yet, I'll be honest, there, there's people in our world who um, take that same thought, that same principle, and they actually apply it to God today. That the same idea that, that God has had some things to say, right? People wrote them down. Now we have the Bible and that God is somehow done talking. There's people that think this and, and they live this way. And, and that, you know, that somehow the God, the God of the universe, the creator of everything, the one who loves us without end. And in fact, he's even described as the word. And somehow people think that he has gone silent. And yet, it's just not true. The Bible clearly teaches that God still talks to us today. He still speaks to His creation. The thing that, that I've come to encounter and, and, and um, have experienced for most believers is that, is that they think, well, yeah, I, I believe God still speaks. It's just I don't think He speaks to me. That's what I've encountered with most people, with, with most believers, that they think that it's somehow them that God is not speaking to. Um, but let me ask you, uh, well, first and foremost, if you know Jesus, if you trust him as your Lord and Savior, then you have heard from God because the scripture says that we can't actually even be drawn unless he draws us, right? So you know him. But have you, have you, ever, you ever been out somewhere or, you know, just been in a situation where you suddenly, you had the, the urge, the sense to want to do something for somebody. Somebody popped into your head and you, you knew that you need to pray for them or you need to do, to do something for them, right? That is 
God speaking to you. That's God directing you. And, and what we tend to do, right, is we tend to dismiss those things um, as maybe either not being God or it was just, you know, just a, a, a random thought that popped into our head. But this is often how God talks to us and leads us. And well, so the Bible clearly teaches God continues to talk. And there are, there, are lots of re- there are lots of reasons why we sometimes struggle to hear His voice, to sense His direction. And so we're going to talk about some of those. First, let, though, let me encourage you that, that God wants you, you know, that, that God wants you to, um, each and every one of us, God wants to talk to us. He wants to lead us, to guide us and direct us in life. And um, in, in John 10 and 27, like every week, this thing does not work for me. Um, and it's always my daughter's back there. I don't know if that's... Um, <laughs> Okay, John 10, 27, Jesus says this, he says, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Have you ever, have you ever been around sheep? Okay, sheep are, um, sheep are not the most intelligent creatures. They're not super smart, sheep are kind of dumb. So Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So, you know, the bar is not super high here. Okay, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I, I'm point, poke, poking fun at us, right? Um, but it's not like Jesus is saying, like, you have to be perfect before you hear me. Sheep get themselves in all kinds of trouble. It's often why they're referred to in Scripture and, and we're called sheep. So it's not a matter of getting everything just right or being spiritual enough or somehow being good enough. I mean, just consider, you know, in, in, in I think it's John 4, Jesus deliberately, right, goes through, um, on, he's traveling, he deliberately goes into Samaria, a country that, you know, a region that, that um, Jewish people did not go to, but he deliberately goes there. Why? To speak to a woman at a well. That woman had had five husbands and was currently living with a sixth man. It's not about how good we are. It's not about if we have everything just right. God desires to speak to us, his people, to guide us and to lead us, to help us. You think Jesus himself said, you know, in John 5, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear him saying. And at the same time, Jesus was accused, right, of hanging out with sinners and gluttons and, sinner, and, and, and uh, drunks, right? And yet, so that was his reputation, how people perceived him. It's not about how people see you. It's not about having everything just right. And yet we often live that way. We often perceive things that way. The point is that God wants you to know His voice. He wants you to know His leading in your life. Regardless of how good or bad you think you are, of how spiritual you think you are or are not. God is, He's not like us. (laughs) Or maybe it's just he's not like me. Um, I, yeah, he's not like us in that when we, when we mess up, God doesn't give us the silent treatment. Right? Do, yeah. Do you ever, have you ever experienced the silent treatment? Yeah, if you're married, you have. Um, <laughs> you know, but he's not like us. 
But in saying that, there are things that get in the way of us hearing his voice. And then there are things that we can do that we can regularly practice to know his voice and to sense his direction more clearly. I believe, I believe that as a church, and um, you know, a, a church is not a building or a, an institution, it's people. I believe that as God's people, that God wants us to learn and to practice hearing his voice daily and to grow in our understanding of his leading in our day-to-day life. That will change us, and it'll change the world around us. So, you know, why do I want this? Well, honestly, it's what I sense from God for, for us. It's the direction I have that, that I have sensed from God. For as much as COVID has disrupted our lives, um, it also has provided these opportunities to pause and reflect, right? And in that place of reflection, I heard God say roughly this to me, return to the foundational things of faith. Return to the foundational things of faith. The Bible, prayer, hearing and sensing is leading, and then true community of believers. Like, actually acting and operating like family. And I I had the sense of him saying that through COVID. Um, Because, (laughs) have you ever noticed as humanity, we have this incredible capacity to complicate things, right? And and the kingdom of God, while it is big and complex, our interactions with him are, are, and, and how it works is quite simple. The gospel, you know, the gospel message is simple, right? We've sinned. We've broken relationship with God. He sent Jesus to die for us, and unless we accept him and trust him, we won't go to heaven with him. It's simple. It's not, is there complexities within it? And and as it plays out, sure, because the world is a complex place. But we tend to make things much more complicated than they are. And and church is not (laughs) immune to that. And that's why I I feel, that's why I have this sense, God saying, come back to these foundational things of faith as a church, as a people. Our world is full of chaos and fear, confusion, and all kinds of division. I mean, it was there pre-COVID, and it's it's like COVID has just magnified these things, right? But I mean, our world seems more divided now than ever, doesn't it? People are rejecting each other based on political stances or, you know, vaccine stances or masks or whatever. And, and none of that is from God. And yet people in church find themselves subject to it. The answer to it, the answer is in knowing what God has to say about all of it and then what God has to say to you specifically. To pray for our world and to build a community that reflects you know, the Father's heart. This is the answer. This is what we're going to talk about. It's Romans 12 and 2, you know, a very familiar portion of Scripture 
tells us, right, that we shouldn't copy or conform to the way the world works, the patterns that are there. The pattern in our world right now is chaos, confusion, fear, division. We shouldn't, but yeah, we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and that leads, what's that lead to? It leads to us knowing God's will, what God wants from us. Renewing our mind is an ongoing daily process that we have to engage in. So for the next several months, we're going to talk a lot about knowing God, about hearing His voice, living in community, and in the next few weeks, what we're going to talk about more specifically is that each week I'll look at a few things that get in the way of us hearing God more clearly and one or two things that we can put into practice to begin to implement or improve our reception. Um, you know, as I look around the room, many of us are, are old enough to remember um, TV antenna, right? Do you remember TV antennas? Right? So in this room right now, there's radio waves and TV waves going through the room. We can't see them. We can't hear them. But if you get the right device with antenna, right, you can tune in. It works the same with God. Did, <laughs> did your dad ever make you, like, hold the antenna and, and you know, <laughs> do this because he's watching sports or uh, my dad loved Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Anyway, <laughs> so, right? But that's how you could tune in. And it works the same with God. It takes practice. So, here we go. I, I got three things for you this morning that get in the way of us hearing God's voice, of knowing His direction. The first is this. Um, the first is that, that sometimes we just really honestly don't want to hear God's voice. I understand we're supposed to say that we do. <laughs> right? We're, we're, as a good Christian, whatever that means, right, we're supposed to say that we want to hear God's voice, we want to know His direction, but sometimes we don't. And the, and, and the reason that we don't is because we understand and, and just in, we know deep inside us it's going to require change in our life, that there's a cost attached to that change. We're going to have to give something up. Sometimes, for whatever reason, we are content to hang on to hurt or unforgiveness or just our own selfishness. And God will not force His way into our life. He won't force His way in. Circumstances around us might get very uncomfortable. The Bible certainly teaches that God is willing to do that. But He won't force His way in because He's committed to our free will. Free will is the only way that genuine love is possible. I mean, you you can't force somebody to love you, can you? You can try, but it will not work. In fact, it'll do just the opposite most times. So, if you want a greater sense of God's leading in your life, you have to be prepared that He's going to address issues of your heart and mind. He's going to ask you to do things that make you uncomfortable and that you don't really want to do. And if you're not ready to hear whatever God has to say to you, it will get in the way of you hearing His voice. Another reason that we struggle to hear God's voice is because, honestly, we want control over the outcome. None of us here are controlling, I'm sure. We want control over the outcome. God might ask you, again, God might ask you to do something, give something, sacrifice something. And if you want to know what it's going to cost you and what it's going to result in before you say yes to it, you will struggle to hear God's voice. 
I mean, 11 of the 12 disciples who followed Jesus were martyred for their faith. When he calls them, do you think they say, well, hold on, where's this going to end up? <laughs> right? It doesn't work that way with God. It's about trust. Romans 8 and 28 tells us that God works all things together for good for those who love him and been called according to his purpose. If God talks to you about doing something, giving something, sacrificing something, um, the purpose for it, I mean, that is his purpose. And in that, in, in, in that moment, it, it might feel like it costs you. It might cost you your pride. It might cost you your comfort. It might you know, cost you time or money or I don't know. But I tell you this, God will use it to work something good in and through your life as a result of it. It's really a trust issue. It's really a trust issue. And honestly, I think that the need to control the outcome is a significant issue in the Canadian church. I mean, we want to be comfortable more than we often want to be effective. It's not just the church. I mean, it, it's our world right now. Look, that's one of the reasons why there's such division. What's happening? People are vying for control. And of course, the control ultimately will lead probably to money, because that's usually the root. But we're subject to it so many times. Right? We want to feel safe rather than to just be faithful to whatever he calls us to. And that will get in the way of us hearing his voice. The third thing gets in the way is, is unconfessed sin. I'll have more next week. Psalm 66 tells us, that this, the guy who writes it says, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Willfully choosing sin or disobedience will prevent God from hearing you and will get in the way of you hearing him. Think of it like this, um, you know, we had we have four daughters, right? And um, for those of you that had kids, if you, you know, you're, if you're all by, especially, you know, for those of you that have more than, like, well, any, any amount of kids, right? Like, you go to the, let's say you go to Walmart, you're, you're going to the store, and, and they're little, right? Like, they're, they're not listening, they're not at the great listening age, when does that kick in, that great listening age? Can anybody? Okay. All right. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so you get there, you, you pull in your park, and you, you open the door, and, and I, know, I, I think every parent has experienced this. I know I have. And they, like, bolt out of the vehicle, and they're running across the parking lot for whatever reason, right? You ever experienced that? And they're, they're running into traffic, moving cars. Now, in that moment as a parent, are you saying to them, Honey, I just want to talk to you about the great plans that I have for this weekend. Let's just talk about the good things that I have in mind for you. Let's talk about university or your future. Let's talk about, you know, the kind of man or woman that you want to marry, right? You're not doing that, are you? What are you doing? Stop! That's it. Like, it's just like you become laser focused. Why? You're trying to make sure they don't get run over by a car. It's no different with God. When we willfully choose sin and disobedience, the conversation becomes very narrow with God. Stop before you get run over by a car. 
It's not because God is demanding in the sense of there are demands from God. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not, not in the sense of he's, he's looking to punish. Jesus took our punishment. He's actually trying to stop us from being run over. He's trying to prevent destruction in our life because that's what sin does. Unconfessed sin will get in the, in the way. Those are a few of the reasons we might not hear from God more clearly. And they're all issues of our will. So let me encourage you that if, if one or more of them apply to you, make a decision right here, right now, to move away from it and to move in God's direction. So now we're going to switch and we're going to talk about something that we can do, something you can do, each and every one of us, that you can do a simple steps that you can take to begin to hear God more clearly. And we're going to start with the Bible. God's words to us are the boundary markers of our life. Anything that he says to us um, will not, like anything you have a sense from, you know, a sense of him saying to you, will not contradict or compromise what the Bible has to say. So in that, here's, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Um, to take your Bible and to go slow, um, in, in terms of the practice of hearing God's voice more clearly, more clearly, go slow. Talk to God as you read it. Get out a piece of paper and a pen. You can use a device if you want. I guess I'm just old enough that I like a piece of paper and a pen. There's something good about writing. I guess it's because <laughs> my brain can only focus on that at that moment, maybe. So, I begin to write. And, and so we're actually going to practice this for a minute. And um, um, I, I've chosen some verses for us, and we're just going to walk through them a little bit. And um, I hope that it, it helps you understand what I mean in terms of going slow and asking questions. And it's something simple that you can put into practice. So I've chosen Romans 8. And um, uh, right, uh, Romans is my favorite book in the Bible, and I guess because I'm preaching, I get to choose which one I, we're using. Um, and, uh, but this is, this is a familiar portion of Scripture as well. Romans 8, this is verse 35. It says, and it asks the question, can anything separate us from the love of Christ? And so you just pause there. And you ask the question, you maybe want to write it out. You say, Jesus, is there anything that can separate me from your love? You can even ask him right now. Quiet your heart and mind. Say, is there anything that can separate me from you? And here's the thing, right? Your head might know the answer. Like intellectually, you might know it because you've maybe read Romans. But sometimes, right, our emotions or our heart feel insecure. And the goal is to bring peace into our heart. You can even begin to recognize and say, Jesus, I, I, you know, I, I know I can see that sometimes I, I doubt how much you love me. So you ask the question, you write it out, and you just wait. You don't have to wait real long. I'm not talking, I mean, it, it may develop into being long, but you don't have to wait more than a, a, a few minutes. I'm not looking to chew up hours and hours of your day, although if God calls you to that, then you should be faithful to that. 
Okay, and then it goes on, it says this. I actually missed some. Sorry. <laughs> I missed it. I missed some verses. It says, does it mean he no longer loves us if we're having trouble or calamity or persecuted or in danger or threatened? See, God's, God's, God's love isn't, the love of Christ isn't based upon what's happening to us externally. Those that, you know, those in the Bible that served him um, faced very difficult circumstances at times. And so then you pause and you ask, you know, Father, in, in what way do I let trouble or difficulty or fear cause me to question you? And then it goes to here. For your sake, we're killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Those two things can seem as though they contradict each other, right? In, I think in our Western mindset. We're going to be slaughtered like sheep, but overwhelming victory is ours. And yet God has something deep for us in there if we slow down and try and hear what he's saying to us. And so here's what I wrote. I wrote, Lord, I want to understand your overwhelming victory. Because it's clearly not the absence of trouble or calamity that I so often let shake me and grab my attention. Overwhelming victory is clearly not found in preserving my own life because I could die today. Any one of us could. We're not guaranteed more than just right now. And so we slow down to say, Lord, forgive us for the times where we've been busy, trying to protect ourselves, where we've been busy trying to be safe and to preserve our life instead of giving everything to you. Lord, victory must only be found in knowing how much you love me. Because whether I live or whether I die, you love me. Because nothing is greater or stronger than the love of God. And so I encourage you right where you are, and maybe you already asked him, just ask him this. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and begin to focus on Jesus and simply ask him this, Jesus, how much do you love me? <laughs> and let him speak into areas of fear. Areas of anxiety, let him speak into areas where you're hanging on to unforgiveness or sin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us without measure.
without end. And so then, right, this goes on. And it, it, this makes sense to me, right, that the next sentence is, and I am convinced. Well, why is he convinced? Because he understands that overwhelming victory is found in Christ in knowing how deeply and thoroughly he is loved. Right? This is written by a guy that at one time hated Christians and was killing them. It isn't based upon our past. It's based upon him and his faithfulness, his goodness, his ability to redeem and to make right. So, you have homework this week, and your homework is to take these two verses, 36, or 38 through 40, sorry, 38 and 39, there isn't a verse 40, 38 and 39, take these verses and work through them yourself, because nothing can separate us from God's love. All right, let me pray for you, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come on. Why don't you stand? Go ahead, stand up. It's good to change positions every now and then. (laughs) Father in heaven, thank you so much. Thank you for each person here. Father, I pray that you speak to us. That God, today, this week, you talk to us, you, you direct us. Whether it's to a person or a need, or you just talk to us about us how much you love us or an area of our life that you want us that you want to work on in us whatever it is God we want what you want Lord I pray God what I see in my heart is a church that hears your voice that goes and does the things that you're doing And that that, Lord, will change our city. It'll change people's lives. Lord, may we be those people. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.